Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. While you're in sunny Florida, be sure to visit... Orlando! Enter into a world of epic adventure. Ooh, hello. hello. Welcome to NPR's Talking <laughs> Games. Tonight's host will be replaced by Adam Billings because the other one is on a scream singing tour of Central Africa. And they won't. we haven't found them ever since they went on their tour, but when they come back, they'll be able to talk about sweaty wieners and donuts <laughs> on the next <laughs> NP- NPR special of gaming. And now we'll take a brief. And now we'll take a break to bring you. (laughs) And now we'll take a break to bring you a brief interlude of jazz, bluegrass, and heavy metal merged together on top of each other. It sounds terrible, but it's very popular in Portland. (laughs) I don't don't listen to NPR. (laughs) An exciting story about a Holocaust surviving dog who was able to stop Hitler. (laughs) You know, they always have the weird shit on the Yeah. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> Did we start already? Oh, yeah. Oh, crap. <laughs> uh, I am Adam, and uh, with uh, with us as usual is... Nicholas. And we have a very special guest this evening, the Lord Commander. Uh, first of his name, King of the Andals, the Warrenar, and the First Men. Uh, That's all true. Did you say the motherfucker of dragons? I am, I am. And yeah. breaker of chains. That's true. Dr. Fun Ramakan. Dr. Fun Ramakan, that's and, all true. Yeah. Uh, Real name is Dr. Dan Siegel, and I am actually a doctor of gaming. But we can't go through all my titles because it's only an hour long podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I get people. You're a doctor of gaming. I am. That's right. awesome. That is really, that really. is one of the most amazing doctorate titles you can probably have. I I tell games to get on the table and cough. (laughs) And if it sounds weird, I just say this game sucks. We we can't help it. It's beyond surgery. So how did you get into that? When I was a younger man, my grandmother used to say, uh, if you're in coin-op, if you play coin-op games in the arcade, you know what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about? Mm -hmm. Not if you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I don't think I know what you're talking about. Coin oh, op- coin. Yeah, coin like an arcade. Coin coin operated. Operated. Yeah, I thought you were saying like a weird keyword, no, like no, coin no. operated. No. Like like it was that software. Okay, the reason yeah, I said uh, that was because Adam was like, oh yeah, I totally understand. And Nicholas yeah. looked at me like I grew a horn while I said <laughs> it. I like, well, I was waiting for the, the follow-up, and then sure. I would have been like, uh, oh, oh yeah. Okay. yeah. Coin, not coin, coin operated. <laughs> yeah, you put in a quarter, you get, right, you know, right. a play. three minutes of play or exactly, whatever. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So uh, my grandma used to People are throwing their money away. And it, it, it created this question in my head. Why would people throw their money away? Or why do people play, moving up to today, you know, let's say PS4s or, or laptops or PlayStations or whatever, instead of doing anything else? And that's a question that's always kind of plagued me. And I studied a lot of... Uh, a lot of a lot of research articles on motivation and try to answer the question of why do people play games any kind of games what is the compulsion because really and truly when you think about games they're just a level of frustration mm-hmm. you know i mean when we talk about specifically like warhammer type games you know you got to buy it it's incredibly expensive you got to put it together you got to paint it you got to find people to play with it you have to play with them you have to be a good enough sport to where they'll want to play with you again and that's a lot of work. You have to put on deodorant. <laughs> yeah. Or else they won't play with you again. No. 
yeah, there's a social, you know, big social aspect. I feel like here. I need to rethink my life here. You have to rethink your life. <laughs> yeah. I played with Adam once, years ago, I think before your daughter was born. He never played with me again. Oh. We played more than once. Nope. Because you had a couple different armies. I played Undead against your Dark Elves. That was the only time we played? That was the only time we played, and I asked to play with you. Remember at that big uh, Orlando Con around? Yeah. And you never got to my turn. And I'm just yeah. like, wow, he must really hate me. <laughs> I must have been a true gigantic penis to not be able to play with him again. Absolutely not, but I thought you had another army before that one. I have tons of armies. That's why okay. my wife sometimes looks I at that you had like paper. a Nurgle army. Oh, I did. That's how yeah. I played against him. Mm. And then after I played you, my Nurgle army, you never played with me again. <laughs> I played your death army, your oh, zombies. That's true. Yeah, that was really fun. That yeah. was a fun battle. Yeah, yeah. What happened was, I think... You vomited on my demon prince. We went to Age of Sigmar, and you went to Kings of War. That could be it. But you also vomited on my demon prince with your trolls. I did. And I was yeah. like, wow, that was a quick 600 points down the toilet. <laughs> like, like yeah. I was like, hey, well, how did it happen? He threw up on me. She's like, <laughs> Orlando is brought to you by Paradiso Pizza for the Upside Down Sicilian. You have to try it. It's really good. Mm. I promised the guy who owns it I'd, I'd give him a pitch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to a podcast. He's like, give me a pitch for free. I'm, I'm broke. And I'd be like, okay. <laughs> so, so back, back oh, wow, to vomiting. Really, oh, that got really loud all of a sudden. Wow. Yeah. Boo. Bam. <laughs> back to vomiting. Yeah. Chapter two, vomiting. It's like one of those Quentin Tarantino movies. Right. Know? Yeah. So you um, vomited on my... Well, friends. back to frustrations. Okay. Like, how frustrating is that when you paint a model, you build, the, you build it, you paint it, you secure 600 points worth in your army put it out on the table and then it gets vomited on and then it oh, gets yeah. taken off the table oh it's yep. horrifying like it's a horrifying feeling when you sit when you when you like look in the mirror after that night <laughs> and you're thinking about what you did wrong and you're like why did i buy that model yeah. I thought it was supposed to be so badass, and all it was was like, <laughs> it was like one of those things where it's like, hey, shoot me, guys, shoot me, shoot me, <laughs> yep. right here, I'm the general, you know? It's yeah. like, that's why in, in wars, high-ranked officers don't wear banners and bars, because mm -hmm. snipers will break the yeah. Geneva Convention and shoot them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But why doesn't, no, <laughs> why doesn't so, Orlando follow the uh, Geneva That Convention? just made me think of it. Why don't, like, I should paint my model to look like the terrain I'm playing on. Oh, absolutely. Actually, and then you just won't even notice okay. it out there. You'll forget. You'll it's be like, true. oh, okay. oh, man, I thought that was a bush. I made the weirdest army that my wife thought was so awesome and no one else did. I, I bought uh, Mantic Games Mars Attacks figures. Okay, yeah. And I made a stealth unit that looks like the base and it looks like they're changing, like kind of chameleon changing. Yeah. Okay. And I played them as Tau because my wife loved Mars Attacks. And I thought it was the coolest army ever. Yeah, Nobody yeah. Nobody wanted to play it with me. <laughs> like, they're really small. Uh, we don't know which player's which. And I'm like, but it's so cool looking. You know? That's the whole WYSIWYG. What you see is what you get. That's yeah. like no, yeah. And the problem is with tournament armies. I don't know if you saw the forty k armies in uh at Historicon or Huracan or one of those. Yeah, but like they're so narrow. Like forget about WYSIWYG. Like there are guys who's like I'm only fielding Valkyries if I play Imperial Guard because that's the only thing that's competitive. And that's so sad because yeah. it takes yeah. all the fun out of it. Absolutely, it does. You know, it's like well, I want. To, Parade of Valkyries. What is this? Apocalypse Now? You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. This is weird. I, I feel know. like I'm always like trying to fit all of the things in my 
chaos space marine army because it's so diverse but i'm like i don't know what i want to play i want to play with everything so i'm like a little bit of that a little bit of that a little bit of that exactly and then they'll come up to you and they'll be like oh here's four knights chaos space marines suck now so why are you even (laughs) bothering having fun in your life you know you uh started talking about how you got into gaming so uh seeing the coin operated games yeah 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 so uh i I was always curious why people play games because in in so many ways it's incredibly frustrating especially like when we talked about you know you get a certain model Uh and i love warhammer yeah and you get a certain model and it's like totally blows as far as offense creating offense or having defensive capabilities but it's a really cool looking model and you had fun painting it and sometimes we forget well i had a lot of fun painting it putting in my army so doesn't that count no because i lost (laughs) But uh, it's funny because I had stopped playing Warhammer and stuff for a long time because I was getting my PhD in this that, and they opened a Warhammer store, and I said, my wife's like, what's that store? And I'm like, oh, you don't want to know. And she's like, what is it? And I'm like, she's like, I don't mind if you go look at it. And I'm like, you're opening a box. It's like the Le Marche box from uh, Hellraiser. I'm not even yeah. going to say Pandora's box. Yeah. I'm like, you're opening that box. That and you box. can't close it once you open it. Yeah. Like, What's the worst that can happen? And yeah. Like, My living Let room looks do. like your living room. Yep. And it's just it's total insanity. End up like, like the so guy at the end of Hellraiser. Exactly. Jesus wept. Yes, exactly. Like, there's chains in my guts, and I'm still trying to put together the city, you know what I mean? But, uh, but yeah, it's a lot of fun, though. And so I went on to get a PhD, and at the time, it, gaming was so not accepted in the world of academia, mm-hmm. because they were just like, oh, there's no value to it, there's no use to it. And, like, something happened over the last 11 years. I'm going to say that a lot of baby boomers retired, and a lot of, I guess we're Generation X, is mm-hmm. starting to, like balance between baby boomers and millennials and millennials yeah. completely accept gaming mm. like it's not even a question yeah even female millennials are like okay well i'm playing Par- pokemon go and harry potter and yeah. my phone tells me i'm a wizard and it's like all right whatever i can't judge her because i have a living room full of a, a fake city i'm making and now i have to now <laughs> little have tiny to baby city <laughs> my tiny baby city that i have to make some kind of homage to uh to wrecker harrow may rest in peace because <laughs> yeah. you know but um yeah, so so really, it's 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 a weird thing that's happening over the last I would say five years because when I t- I teach a class at Full Sail called Game Strategies and Motivation and I love it and Full Sail is a great school and I teach teachers how to use gaming in the classroom. I was also at Serious Play, which is a conference about using education mm-hmm. uh, and gaming as a tool of delivering content. So it's it's really interesting because it, it's it's done a one eighty in so many ways where gaming is so much more accepted, not just for people, but for educators as well. And I think that the next big hurdle is for things like Warhammer to become even more mainstream, where everybody knows what it is what it is and what yeah. you do and this and that. Because it's already happened with D&D. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm shocked at how far... Like, there's a part of me that's like, well, this d is going to die out, and it's going to be like some kind of all virtual but it's totally the opposite has happened and i think that the next big wave may be warhammer and more tabletop games because yeah, they're, they're making a tv show yeah yeah with the for warhammer the yeah 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 and i think it's going to be really big because you know i mean remember you guys remember if you had like comic book shirts and stuff you were like a total nerd oh, and yeah. now it's like you see hot chicks were and, and i don't mean this in any way sexist but like Good-looking girls wear comic book shirts now, mm-hmm. and I think it's great. It's mainstream. Just, it's, it's totally it's, mainstream. Exactly. And if I you made started, Mean Girls today, the movie, <laughs> they would have had they totally, they'd have comic totally yeah book shirts totally. or whatever. 
making fun of the person that didn't read Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're right. the uh, the outsider. And ironically, Lindsay Lohan dated Bruce Willis. Did you know that they were dated theater for a short time? That's is that really he's like a yeah. grandpa. Yeah, yeah. yeah at least when twice. I read that, I was just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and she was cool. a huge fan of his, and this and that. And I'm like, well, I think there's still hope for old guys after all. I guess <laughs> I don't know, but you know. So yeah, so it's it's an exciting time, and that's just. I'm not just talking about the gender divide. I'm also talking about the racial divide. Because if you remember, like, when we were younger, you, I've, I never saw minorities playing D&D. And now it's, like, mm-hmm. a total thing for not just females, but for minorities as well, which is a wonderful thing. I mean, I'm, I'm not, it's not a different call. And I hope the same thing happens with, you know, Wargaming. Yeah. I think Warhammer or uh, Games Workshop is starting to 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 adopt that way more now uh you know with the release of age of sigmar they've had a chance to kind of reboot things and revamp Mm -hmm. it and i was actually like really close like i felt like really like i needed to step away from warhammer like from 40k for a while and and different things because i was like i don't think they're 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 promoting diversity at all in this game and then with the reboot with age of sigmar they've started to you know, cater to women. They've started sure. to cater to people of color and different things sure. like that. And now I feel like, okay, yeah, this is great. I, you know, we want all of this diversity. But now they're starting to change the molds and add like yeah. diversity to the molds so mm, that some cool, are yeah. women and some are male. You and, know, different things like that. They're walking that line too, where it used to be the only time you'd see a woman, she's in like a metal bikini, and right. now they're actually women in realistic armor. You mm-hmm. know, and they're not sex objects on the table that they're just women warriors right women well, soldiers i'm tired of minotaurs wearing sexy bikinis <laughs> they're not just cow people anymore they have feelings i don't know it's kidding <laughs> you always see like these, these big brass bulls i said big brass bulls big brass bulls big brass bulls <laughs> i got some big brass bulls for this game Woo-hoo! <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's an exciting time, and you're talking about uh, acceptance of gaming as like a legitimate career. Like we all grew up now with gaming consoles in our home for the most part, you know. Sure, sure, sure. Or yep. new, new, like from birth. Like sure. I um, first, like I just got my dad's. <laughs> came out with the Atari joystick, and <laughs> almost because he had a, a gaming system Which from what uh, in television. I had that too. Yeah, television was was the was the stuff, man. Mm. It's actually it's a, it's a, we we can open it up later. It's all in there. Oh, yeah, we'll take a look afterwards. I'll show you. But it's like he's got like thirty games in there, and that's that was my first introduction to Dungeons and Dragons because he had an advanced Dungeons Dungeon. and Dragons. Yeah, he had that mm. game. Did you play it on easy? Because hard. I couldn't. Impossible. I was I was too young to figure out how hard. to play it. Impossible. Because the dragon moved at like a hundred miles an hour. Going from that. Uh, from coin-operated stuff, and now you've got school like Full Sail, who has all these game design degrees. What do you think that that evolution was to for those programs to even develop? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, you know, as things go into society and become more and more accepted, like it, it becomes more universal. I don't know how to put that. Like, like, when you, okay. Think about how cultural changes occur in a society, like mm-hmm. not having children, not getting married. Like there are major cultural changes that have happened, I would say, in the last sixty years. Like when mm-hmm. I was a kid, waiting till you're older to yeah, have kids. Waiting till you're older to have kids. Yeah. When I was a kid, like I was telling my wife, there's some there's stuff that was so different. Like if you were a couple, 
you were expected at some point to get married. And that was just it. You yeah. Know? But, like, you have people cohabitating. So what am I talking about? And I'm not, I'm not saying in any way judgmental. But, like, I think the same thing happened with gaming. You know? Like... They just lived together just long a, enough. It was just a nerdy thing for nerds. Mm-hmm. You know? And then eventually, like, the sisters of the people who are nerding out. And then a lot of, a lot of times also it's integration. You know? I mean, nowadays... You could be married and have a hot wife and still play D&D and not be called a nerd. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of chic and cool. Yeah. Personally, I think it's a little bit of a cultural appropriation. You know, I think all these geeks should sue these cool people and just be like... I'm glad you brought that up, too, because I wanted to talk to you about, like, the uh, Joe Mangiello's and the people like that that are, like, these people... Man, man, fuck that guy. Don't get me wrong, I love the guy. I love his acting, but still, fuck that guy. Oh, <laughs> oh that's what so you hot. said. I thought there was, I would somewhere in the middle no, of no, the no. there. No, his, <laughs> his wife, on the other hand, is just a little, no, but I mean, the man is beautiful, and he's a giant nerd, and it's like, I, Which is I awesome, be? and I, I love that part, but there's that, he's profiting off of it. He's profiting off of his sure, fame and sure. the and the pop culture oh, yeah, of D&D. Yeah. And so I have really mixed feelings about uh, if he's bringing more people into the hobby, then he's profiting off the hobby. Well, that'd I would be say the thing that would make a, a difference to in. me. It's, there's a funny story about him. I don't know if you guys knew this, but he has a huge house in Beverly Hills, and to get in his D and D group is incredibly hard. Like you have to be like on the it list. Yeah. To just play with him, it's almost like a like Frank Sinatra's poker table. Yeah, yeah. Or huh. like you know to go into the Copa. You know what I mean? Yeah. But but the funny thing about it was originally when he had this basement, his wife was going to make it a Pilates studio, and his wife <laughs> was like Sonia Vergara. Yeah, Sofia. Sofia Vergara. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she was going to make it a Pilates room. Before she got to do it, he made this big, giant, super nerdy D&D room with, like, you know, busts of, like, beholders and stuff like that, <laughs> and mind players or whatever, which I thought was incredibly cool. And yeah. Awesome. But, you know, there's a part of me that's like, how do these handsome guys play D&D? Maybe, they, like, maybe like, he was, like, a closet nerd. Like, he worked out a lot, mm-hmm. but on Friday was was his rest day he, after he did legs, and then he uh, played D&D, I, I guess. So long as it's, like... A legit thing. I, I just worry about people capitalizing on the the popularity. That I mean, people do that. People capital. I mean, we live in a capitalist society. Yep. That's just I mean, it. You, mean, if you can find a way to make some money off of it, go for it. But you know, but if it yeah. encourages cool people to play games, it's a good as long thing, as people are enjoying you know, it. Yeah. Good thing. Uh, funny thing though that you guys will laugh at. <laughs> no, no. Oh, wait. The <laughs> yes, last yes, sign yes, didn't yes, come yes. on yet. <laughs> the last sign didn't come oh, on yet. Dang oh it. man. Sorry. I hate, I hate I hate when I go on these shows and they try to humor me. It's just terrible. I like the shows where like this, like like Rush amateurs. Limbaugh, you idiot! You don't know anything about gaming. Well, get out of here, nerd! No, no. So you guys know Lisa? Yeah, Lisa is someone we play with. Yep. She was the one who got me the job at Full Sail. How'd she get you? How'd that happen? She was friends with the uh, program director at Full Sail, and the program director at Full Sail, who's making the program that I'm still currently in, said, Do you, does anybody know a PhD who's really into nerdy gaming? And Lisa went, a PhD with nerdy gaming. Then <laughs> she goes, Dan Siegel. And then that, she called me, and I was just like... And he regrets it to this day. She. She, you know, but oh, like, your your program oh, director. Your oh, program director. She was a she too. Okay. Oh, she was. Uh, yeah, okay. her name was Holly. But yeah, uh, no, she's not there anymore, so she doesn't regret it at all. She's hmm. just like, oh yeah. well, he's your problem now. Ha ha! And she jumped <laughs> on a goblin flyer and flew away, and <laughs> threw a pumpkin bomb, and it was all insane. You know. Nice. Did you? Uh, so you already had your degree in gaming 
I had a PhD mm-hmm. in instructional technol and in instructional design, specifically in instructional technology. And the, the the PhD was about introducing software to like resistant environments, but really it was about introducing gaming to resistant environments. It's just at the time oh. professors were just like, "Boo, gaming! That's a waste of time." And now it's like people have me speak at conferences like Serious Play and all these other cool conferences yeah. about gaming. Well, know. like you were saying, I mean, that is that that is games. We are the resistance. We are. Gaming is big, big money. I it mean, is. you know firsthand, but like the, the games on the phone, it's all those in-app purchases and people just making insane money. Well, it's it, it makes more money than like movies mm-hmm. and radio and music combined. But yet it's so funny because it gets like almost no respect from yeah. other it's like the Rodney Dangerfield of media. Yeah. You know, from other avenues. It doesn't get the respect I think I think it deserves. Like why don't they have game awards that are as popular as the Oscars or the Emmys or the Grammys? I mean they have yeah. awards but it's not like on NBC this week, we're going to find <laughs> out there's Resident Evil beat out uh, Laura but, Monroe. But, I mean, uh, um, um, Laura Croft. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Laura Monroe's my friend who lives over here, and I just, I don't know. But that's how, like you were saying before, the way that our society works. You have the the old things in the society that get grumpy after a while, and they complain, and they... Oh, yeah. You know, they blame the new guy. So, you know, gaming is the new guy or gal, and and now the old the old folks are complaining and griping. And there's a lot of complaining millennials. I shouldn't say that because my wife's one, but <laughs> you get complaints on both sides. But again, I mean, I hope that with the new TV show, like you said, uh, Warhammer gets the respect it deserves, and Wargaming I- gets the respect it deserves because it's the canon is so rich, and it's really funny because Nafi, who's my roommate, yeah. He knows the canon like uh, like the Pope knows the forty k knows yeah all of it hmm. all of it. Any of it any of it and That's like awesome. I might make a joke like and it's just a joke and he's like no your joke is inaccurate if your joke was accurate it'd be funny <laughs> like, damn I was so close to being funny oh <laughs> That's great <laughs> it's pretty funny yeah well you do uh, some three D printing I do. Yeah, I'm I'm obsessed with it. It's super fun. But here's the thing about 3D printing with War, Warhammer stuff. If you're going to 3D print figures, you got to get a resin printer, and you got to right. be pretty careful with that because it's toxic, oh. and it smells terrible. Oh. Now it depends on the color. Like if you go like like flush, the smell the scent ranges, but it's super toxic. So you have to have like a dedicated room with great ventilation and I do because I, I airbrush a lot I really yeah. like airbrushing but even airbrushing is like nothing compared to like I've seen people go to the hospital for poor airbrushing because they were stupid and they didn't really re- wear a mask and stuff like that huh. people get really you know when people get too cavalier with things yeah and like I have a friend come over and I was like hey you you really want one of these I had an extra one and it was a rebreather so public service message don't be stupid and here's the funny part about inhaling too much Air, air paint. Yeah. The funny thing is when they take you to the hospital, they think you're a drug addict. Yeah. And they treat you like huffers. a drug addict. Because oh, yeah. yeah. that's a huffing thing. Yeah. So please, wear a rebreather. It's really easy. They're really cheap at Home Depot and you can always wash them. But resin paint is way worse because it's toxic. It can kill you. The smell can kill you. And uh, it's expensive. The 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 It's like a liquid filament you use for resin printers. I am a firm believer in the Prusa, P-R-U-S-A. Yeah. That's a really nice printer, and it can do some really good detail for uh, plastic 
which is, I just basically use regular price. I get it from Hatchbox, and that's been a big help in making my city because I've been I've been printing a shit ton of bulkheads because I'm trying to make a Necromunda city, but it's gonna be for anything. So if you want to like play 40k, I don't even care if you play like uh, Mordheim on it because it it's kind of like crazy cool. Awesome. Yeah. You know, like it could be it could pass for a. Uh, like, like let's say a cutting edge city because a lot of times it's got like that gothic design mm-hmm. some of the things I'm mm-hmm. printing so it could easily pass for we could easily make it something that's a skirmish you know fantasy thing but it's a lot of fun so yeah. if what advice would you have for someone that's just getting into 3D printing and they're going to be printing just small scale terrain they don't need a lot of detail or a lot of mass um, I would suggest okay I really like the Prusa or Prusia, mm-hmm. because it's not it's very problem free uh, a lot of times when you get cheaper stuff from China I had a Chidi Tech and they're really nice and everything the customer sports are like, first of all it takes forever to get parts and I find that the Prusia is easy to fix because all of the parts are it's like a, a tube vertical tube and a flatbed mm-hmm. as opposed to like a box that you have to like fiddle with yeah, and I just think the Prusa is the easiest one and the most reliable one I've ever used, and I have three of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I like Hatchbox because I haven't had problems with it. Because if you buy a cheap unit and you have a problem with it, then you have to call China at three in the morning for them to answer, and then they may, maybe they'll send you a part and that you have to figure out how to fix it or replace the parts. If you buy cheap filament, you're l- literally a glutton for punishment. Because with cheaper filaments, they have imperfections in the filament itself that can royally screw up your printer mm. and like clog it. Mm, yeah. And one time, and also don't don't be too cavalier. I'll tell you one mistake that I made. <laughs> I epically broke a three D printer because I tried to put too many things on the bed. Because I was trying to, I was trying to make a bunch of different, and for some reason, it like made a bird's nest around the nozzle. Oh. It, it like, it was like, remember in D and D, black pudding. Yeah. Imagine yeah. if black pudding was eating your entire caravan. <laughs> That's what it looked like. Because I used black, uh, but yeah. So so go with the Prusa. They have used ones. I really like them. I mean, there are other ones that are good that. You know, some people swear by photons, but I just... Because they're, like, one of the big developers of mm. 3D printers. And go with a decent brand like Hatchbox, because if you get crappy filament that's cheap, like, even on Amazon, they have cheap ones, it can really screw up your printer and screw up your prints. Because the because basically what happens is it melts the plastic and it moves the nozzle or however you have set up. Mm-hmm. And, and if the filament clogs it, then all that crap screws just up backs your 3D. Up and, it just yeah. back, bags it up. Um, get involved in Thingiverse. Thingiverse is yeah. a oh, great yeah. website. It's just phenomenal, and they have free stuff. But here's a trick. Check to see if it was made before. If it wasn't made before, be a little leery, because if you download a crappy model and you try to print it... <laughs> You're gonna break it. You gotta have a really crappy model. But if it has like a lot of so build, crap, crap creates crap. Well, actually, one of the best things I 3D printed was an emoji of crap, and my wife keeps it because she thinks it's so awesome. It was like the first thing we ever printed, and it's like a big googly eyes, and it's a big poop. And I'm like, and it, and she filled it. She had an infill, which means like she filled it in. It wasn't yeah. Was yeah. like ninety percent. And I'm like, I'm glad you used an entire spindle for a piece of crap. Yeah. I'm like, wow, you printed this and it looks like crap. And we just kept making jokes back and forth about how crappy it was. And she kept it like forever. She's like, oh, it was the first 
great print. And I'm like, you know, I want my first great print to be like a demon prince or like, you know, yeah. some great <laughs> model that knock off from Warhammer. But instead, it's just a big pile of shit. <laughs> so that's great yeah yeah so that's that's some quick advice but you know buy good stuff and if you don't have the money for a really good printer and really good save your money and wait because it's so frustrating it's kind of like a car yeah you know if you get a piece of shit and you're trying to keep it together it gets really it gets more expensive the long run and frustrating than if you just get a decent reliable car that will take you to work and back you know so and keep an eye on it while you're printing or else if you, sometimes when it goes astray, it's like one of those horror movies, you know? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like yeah, reanimator or something. Going. It's like, I'm just going to inject this, and then I'll just come back later after my pizza. <laughs> and then you come, brought to you by Pizza Paradiso on Samurai. <laughs> and the, guy, the guy asked me to pitch them. And then he comes back, and it's this giant pizza monster, and he's shooting it with a shotgun. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. Like, Everything's terrible. Yeah. You know? Well, and a lot of 3D printers don't have a resume function. Is that right? They do, yeah. <laughs> but oh, sorry, it's okay. <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm afraid of answering this question. That's why I moved away from the mic. I'm like, <laughs> they do, but sometimes it forgets where the model is. So like, uh, you know, it starts to it starts to look like a Venus to Milo. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or a Michelangelo's David without a penis. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, I thought the, I thought this is where we were gonna stop at. You know? Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's terrible. Was that a Goonies reference? This is kind my mom's of. favorite piece. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, a, it was a naked gun reference. Remember when it breaks off and he's like, oh, yep, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, my uh, my library. My local library has a printer. Really? And I can just go online and submit a file. Now, they only print from one file because they only allow me to upload one file. It takes about two weeks for them to print it and then get it back to me. Two weeks? Yeah. So I'm glad they're not making you a pizza. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, so, so, so like recently, for example, like I, you know, with my daughter, you know, getting into toys and all that stuff, I pulled out my old Star Wars and our X-Wing vehicle didn't have the laser cannons on the wing anymore so i went on thingiverse and i found a set for the 1977 x-wing but mine was like the 1995 x-wing and i was like ah they should be close right so i just (laughs) sent it in and said hey can you print four of these so then they got it back to me you know work uh they did fit perfectly oh wow yeah that's great i thought you had green stuff it you know no 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 it actually worked really good um but uh, like you were saying, uh, you know, take it slow, try it out. If you've got a, a library that does it oh, yeah. and you can just pay them a couple of bucks to start printing you a couple things just so you can get a, an idea of what you like out of it. Because you wouldn't want to spend hundreds of dollars and then figure out how to do all this and then get the final product and go like, well, I never want to do this again. Yeah. There's, so, you know, just just try it out a little bit. There's also like in Orlando, the, mich- the factory co-op. Yeah, there's a few of those. Yeah, okay. it's really nice, and they actually help me fix my my printers when I break them numerous times because I do stupid things. But look for co-ops because they also have monthly meetings for 3D printing, mm-hmm. and the people there are usually super nice because they have to appeal to the public. Mm-hmm. But, you know, libraries, co-ops, they're great ideas for people who want to just get into it and look at it. And they also know people sell used ones because most of the ones I bought were used because, like, it drops in value at least 60%. After yeah. they buy it, hmm. and yeah, that's that a good doesn't point. mean they're necessarily in bad condition. But you know, yeah. also it's good to know co-ops because, like, I didn't even realize the the hardware, the software that was in my printers was super old. 
Okay. Because I didn't know what I was doing. Most of your game program at Full Sail, is it mostly digital gaming focused? Or do you get branched out into role playing and tabletop and board games? Yes, uh, a lot of the gaming program too. We also do artificial reality Mm -hmm. and uh, augmented reality and virtual reality and all those kinds of realities. There's a lot going on there. Uh, There's like game art game design. I'm not really in the gaming department, believe it or not. I'm actually in the education department because I focus on teachers yeah. to make them more fun, but I do hang out with some of the gaming guys, and some of the stuff they do is just unbelievably phenomenal. Yeah. And they have uh, studios devoted for students to work in. Like Dave Arneson, who's one of the co-founders of Dungeons & Dragons, yeah. has a studio... I mean, he passed away, but he has a studio there that students work in, and I was just there, and they're there they're, they're Monday... Do Sundays, 24 hours. He has hours a studio at Full Sail? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, he passed away, but he has a studio, studio dedicated to him. And we also have the Armada, which is uh, the big gaming, you know, cyber gaming arena. And supposedly it's like the biggest one in North America or in America or something. And it's, it's awesome. like for student e-teams, which is pretty cool. It's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, that's neat. Does Full Sail uh, have like a dedicated team? Do they yes. have their own E-team? Yes. It's pretty cool. Pretty wild. I want to be on the dedicated uh, Warhammer team. Yeah. You know, maybe they'll just go there and just be like a total jerk and <laughs> power game, you know. Well, to be a, like a professional player that travels the world to play in tournaments, that would be... I mean, that's what they're... Like the games like Overwatch and... Yeah, yeah. Uh, Starcraft, Starcraft and yeah. yeah, like there's people that are completely... That's oh, yeah. are doing that. I've seen it. It's pretty crazy. It's, yeah. It's, it's unforgiving. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, there's some of the stuff I've seen, like the interviews with people and like the working around the clock and that like, and it does tend to be young people, I think probably because of that's the lifestyle. Yeah. But I, I don't know how athletically that's a factor too. Like, you know how your Olympians are usually younger. I wonder if they're like, if you're a younger you would know you're the guy that works it helps in the gaming department. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's really big in Korea. That's yeah, what I'm saying. yeah. I'm not being racist. I'm well, just saying it's really. It, a big it caught thing. on there first. It yeah, did, yeah, and yeah. and they spend a lot of time playing it competitively. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, they yeah. they've got the they've got the you know the different bars you can go to that are all just like oh, game yeah. bars. Yeah, and they just game bars. Yeah, I, I got you. I, I was with you. <laughs> and <laughs> I got a distant look in my eye for a second, but don't don't mind me. Mm, I like <laughs> your zerg. Yeah. <laughs> Saw your pupils dilate over there. Your turn life part. Your turn life part or mine, Nicholas. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I would love to see more of that here. I'm not oh, yeah, into coming. the the coming. network. I'm not into the computer gaming or the the console gaming like I used to be. But gaming bars and people know, being aware of the uh, board game lifestyle too. Like the more and more you're seeing bars that have board games, yeah. Yeah. board game shelves. Yeah. It's I just wish that it became a uh, a later thing, like in the day, so that people would play more later in the day. Because when I work all day and yeah. then I get home and I I see my kid and my wife and I have dinner and and my kid goes to bed, you know, here I am, yeah, for the podcast, and it's like. This is perfect time for me to be at a game store rolling dice. I just and I just people like don't to, play this late. Yes, yeah, true. And and I would totally be there. I just like to say something to your listening audience: that family, friends, work, and religion are just obstacles to getting better at games. <laughs> yes, They're just they obstacles of buying and painting your armies. <laughs> like when you see a guy and his like shorts are falling down and. <laughs> 
He has no wedding ring, and he looks like he just got, got spit out by a dragon. And probably didn't put on deodorant. Did not put on... Listen, he actively did not put on deodorant. <laughs> and he hasn't had choice. a shave or a Brazilian on his butt in his entire life. He doesn't have antiperspirant. He has he anti-deodorant. Is he, he is what we call a gaming hero. <laughs> <laughs> you heard a guitar hero, gaming hero. Gaming hero. He's yeah, a gaming it is, hero. It is. So, you know, you need to stop this whole, I came home from work and saw my child. And, oh. Well, I... Uh, Following up on that same gripe, I just started looking around because I wanted I, I wanted to play some Adventures League D and D, you know, and, you know, but Adventures oh, no, League. No, you don't want to do that. It's scary. Well, well, I. It's it depends on where you land. It depends on who you find. You can find the right group. I tried that once. You know what? You know what? You know what that reminds me. I'm sorry. No, I don't no, mean no, 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 no. Okay, all right. I gotta tell you about my experience. Then. So I was like, you know, I really want to play D and D, but like. My, my normal group, I was I had like an ill, and my normal group was like busy, so I was like, let me try this Adventures League. And to me, God forgive me, and I apologize ahead of time to every Adventurers League who likes Adventures League, but for me, it was just like speed dating. Yeah, I can you see. Know, oh, like, it was like dandy speed dating. It was like, hi, how are you? Uh, let's play a game. You sit down. Okay. Like, I tried to kill another party member. Oh, <laughs> well... Not Listen, always a welcome thing. One of my titles is Asshole of Gaming, and you didn't you didn't get up to that one yet in the list I gave. <laughs> well, because it was... Okay, all right. I was playing a gnome. Yeah. In speed dating, that would be like a serial killer, though, right? Yeah. If you're trying well, to kill the date would be, that you're I mean, I think, like, the equivalent... At, would be if you farted on every date. That'd be like a like a social equivalent to you know, I, killing your fellow party <laughs> member. So anyway, to make this long story even longer, I was a gnome, and I was like a, one of those arch uh, thieves that could like use like mage yeah, hands. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, trickster rogue. Yeah, I was a trickster rogue, and this other guy was like just being a total dick. Because we were working with kobolds, and I don't know if you guys know this, but gnomes hate kobolds. <laughs> and kobolds hate gnomes. And this guy was like, he thought he was right because he was loud. Uh, as opposed to actually being right. So I'm like, okay. And I told him, like, you just think you're right, cause you're, but you're just really loud. So I told the DM, I want to kill him when he falls asleep. Yeah. Because I was chaotic evil. I didn't care. <laughs> and, the, and the DM said, no, I'm not allowed to kill a guy I will never see again. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, this is just bullshit. <laughs> so, yeah. So you were like, the Adventures League equivalent of a serial killer. I wish I was that cool, but I, they wouldn't let me do it. It was just like like there was some kind of like like it was like a it was like a restraining bolt because the I DM feel, wouldn't let me do it. I know, but I feel like it's like kind of missed what Adventurers League is about. If you're like if your goal is to jump right in and start killing your fellow party members, no, that wasn't my goal. My goal was to find people to play D and D with and have a yeah. fun D and D time and not be an asshole. <laughs> but they just brought the asshole out in me, you know. There, that that group exists. That group is out there. I think, and be, particularly now, like I don't know how long ago was that. Oh, it was years ago. But yeah, I but think I it's getting so hard at my own joke. You know, it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. I think it's getting better and better. Okay, all right. but the the challenge for me is the same challenge you were talking about. That I I'm usually not done work until seven. And most of these Adventures League places all over town, they all start at 6.30. Somehow that became the universal time. Oh, that yeah. became the universal start time for games. Because uh, most of these kids' bedtimes is 9 o'clock, and they have to be home by 9, and they got to ride their bike home. I don't know. But that's why we want to find uh, we want to find middle-aged people that, you know, yeah. that we want to find the people that are awake and ready to game start at 8 p.m. But then I I don't want the responsibility. I want someone else to do it, and I just want to show up and play. 
Have your cake and eat it too, Adam. Exactly. Is that it? Exactly. I have a topic that you should guys should explore as a future podcast, or I'll come back. The the topic I always wondered is how big an asshole can you be without getting banned from like game clubs? You know what I'm saying? What's the limit? Like, what is your limit? You know, because killing it's like, other party members <laughs> when you're level one, or like, or like, or like even with more, <laughs> like even with more hammer, Did, you know? Were you ever invited back? Uh, it was a it was an adventures league, so you, you don't really get invited back. You just, come <laughs> back. you just show up. But I have to say though, and I know I'm going to be really mean right now, so forgive the internet. This is a really mean statement, but I stand by it. A lot of the people there were like the people who don't get invited to parties, so they went to the adventures club because no party would have them. Yeah. So whereas I thought I was a piece of shit. For wanting to kill this guy who was an asshole, everybody else wasn't invited to anything either. So they were kind of like, "Hey, this could be interesting." Let's see this guy <laughs> murder, this guy you know what I'm saying? Like it was like it was the island of misfit toys, but they're human beings. A lot of times you don't know what you're gonna get where exactly. where you go. You don't know until okay, you get Forrest there. Okay, Forrest Gump. Thank you, Forrest Gump. Good job. <laughs> I I'm an advocate for the Adventures League, but you oh, I'm you not don't know it. But it's just you know I think, yeah. Like, I was hoping to maybe meet some people and pick up some people, but I was like, I don't want any of you people in my house. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody here in my house. So, yeah, it's a big topic. Is Like, in in Warhammer or in D&D, how big an asshole can you be and still be invited back? But, like, or, like, how big an asshole can you be you play somebody and, like, you just crush him horribly? Have you seen that uh, the latest book of uh, the General's Handbook for Age of Sigmar, they do this annual book, uh, has a player's code. Oh, don't so be there's a dick. actual like, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It's it's just like the steps to not be a dick while gaming. Oh wow! So let me guess. Bathe. <laughs> it it have did a have a thing in there about hygiene. I think. Don't be a dick. Don't don't be yep. rude. Don't be rude. Be considerate. Bring pizza or beer or food, some kind of food. Don't be like a moocher. It didn't say that. It didn't bring up food. I don't think. Hmm. Did it say to offer to shake the person's hand? Oh, yeah. Which, well, that's yeah. one of the areas where they get the most flack because of really? uh, people that might have AIDS. immune syndrome or uh, autism or other kind of uh, problems with having human contact. Blindness. Maybe. Cause they, Beasles. Beasles? Measles. Oh, measles. They might have <laughs> no, the no. measles. No, no, measles is, is in Black Plague. A Black Mirror. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's that, remember that crazy episode with the bees? I've only seen the first oh, episode. Oh, come on. The pig fucking come episode. <laughs> that was awesome. And then I, I think I watched that by myself. Okay. Yeah. And I went like... Oh. <laughs> this is dark. Yeah. It was really dark. Well, this is one with bees. It's really scary. Okay. I'll check that one out. Yeah, you gotta check that out. But um, yeah. But yeah, all these things be on time. You know, okay, what about like high don't fives? slow play. Like I've high five thoughts to well, people. You can stop right before we contact. It, it's just like where you right there. You offer <laughs> the handshake, but don't expect the handshake, or 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 say I would offer the handshake, but I don't. What about a back rub? A back rub. <laughs> I'd be like, if so I beat you, I'd like to give you a back rub. <laughs> I won, so I'd like to give you a long massage with a happy ending, Nicholas. <laughs> I'd say uh, the Adventurers League starts at 6.30. <laughs> no, no, I don't want any of them. I'll have to wear gloves. We have special event. It's kind of Adventurers League where you wear those uh, those those masks, those like Venetian Mardi Gras masks, like right. that kind of like uh, I have a story eyes wide shut D&D League. You don't know who showed up but, <laughs> ever. You're just like, oh, I've seen that mask before. <laughs> and I, 
Well, I think that's like a, a, a big thing is is sometimes when you put yourself out there to go play at a game store, you don't know anybody. Oh, yeah. You're going to a place you're not familiar with sometimes. Yeah. You're meeting people you're not familiar with. And then you're spending all this time. It takes a few hours to play these these games. Oh, yeah. Like you want that, 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 that time to be meaningful. You want that time to be fun. You don't want it to be awkward and all this kind of stuff. So there's that tug and that like, it's kind of you like know, a like. Date. Yeah, it well, it it's is. like you said. It's like speed dating. You're you're showing up and you're and you're putting yourself out there, and you don't know if you're going to get what you like. Yeah, <laughs> you mean laid? <laughs> <laughs> you're definitely not going to get laid, but you get a different kind of afterglow. So you were just talking about 40k. I was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. um, we were talking about you know. Dan and I had played some more time together. You guys actually got me into more time. Uh, a little bit about more time. I have a friend that lives overseas. He he's in uh, Indonesia now, and uh, he was in South Korea for a little bit. But because you know, talking about games and virtual reality and all that kind of stuff, we started playing uh, on Tabletop Simulator. Do you know about that? Yeah. Yeah. So we played on t- uh, Tabletop Simulator. So I continued playing some more time with him, oh, cool. which was great because people created all these boards and stuff like that then you could get all this uh all these models and different things you know so i was like these like swashbuckling empire guys you know with like muskets and uh you know swords and all that kind of stuff and halberds and uh but that was so more time great game love more time i love it um so uh so then yeah so then we started talking so you so you mentioned necromunda and i just you know, one thing that frustrates me about Warhammer is that sometimes it do, they they it feels like they don't know what they're doing, and so <laughs> they they and they make us pay for it. Yeah, well, or maybe they do know what they're doing and yeah. they're just making you pay. Or for they it do know, more. yeah, or they do know, and uh, and I'm the one paying for it, and uh, and somehow I keep coming back, but. You know, one example is, is like you're talking about Necromunda and and uh, I think about it probably as like Mordheim because it was around from like yeah, there was yeah, the same time yeah. as Mordheim. But uh, so they 7th edition 40K I was playing. Then they came out with Kill Team. So I didn't get it right away. I got it like a few months later. There was this deal on Black Friday. Got this great deal at Sci-Fi. Picked up Kill Team. Within four months, they came out with Shadow War. Yes, and now everybody's playing Shadow War. And then right my now? friend is like, "No, no." Oh, okay. Then, then, then my friend was like, "I want to get into this, so uh, let's get Shadow War." So I got the Shadow War book. Well, Shadow War. Well, Kill Team at first was like, "Hey, play." It's it's uh, like seventh edition rules, and then you kind of just adapt it for the skirmish or whatever style stuff. Then Shadow War was like, no, no, we're going to go back to like third edition 40K or something. I don't know. Then, and it was its own kind of like similar, but its own rule set. And then shortly after that, they came out with eighth edition. And then they came out with a brand new kill team with eighth edition. And it was like, the <laughs> within a year, I've bought three different skirmish 40k games within a year same game (laughs) and it's all the same game with slight adjustments they're just barely different 
Well, what you need to do is you need to buy one of those uh, dry dry vacs, the wet dry vacs. Yeah. And just stick it right in your wallet. And then you'll feel so much better about yourself. Because <laughs> you can open the garbage can and just pull the money out but, uh, uh, yeah. at the store. Well, uh, the reason I'm doing Necromunda, and it's something that I always wanted to do, is because I read this article that was written, and it was kind of jokey, but there was something that rang true to it, where this guy wrote this article, and it was like, the best time in my life was when I had a gang for Necromunda. And like he was like, you know, I had gotten I graduated college, I got a job, I got married, I had children and all this other stuff. But really the happiest time in my life <laughs> was when my gang would level up in Necromunda and get some new weapons and this and that. You know, my kids graduated college and they had grandkids and this and that. But the best time in my life was <laughs> So that's why I it was so funny. But it was always something I wanted to try and like it's really fun to 3D print uh, a city. Mm-hmm. Now, I was telling, I was telling um, you before that a lot of the pieces I have are very gothic. Yeah. So it can easily be converted to a more time city. I mean, it's not going to be as nice as the yeah. one that Jamie brought, which is like the, my wife called it oh, the yeah. Christmas Village. She's like, "Wow, you have your very old Christmas village." <laughs> and, but the way she would oh, say, "Oh yeah, it, you're right." It was like she was like. Oh, it was like she used the the sound of music voice. Like, oh, we have our very own Christmas video. Oh, the Von Tramps, they've yeah. escaped Mordheim. <laughs> that was an amazing. Yeah, he had an amazing set. I, I guess remember. it still is. He probably still oh, yeah, has yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't live far from here. So we could probably do it again if I called him. But, you know, the Von Tramps. But that doesn't really carry over to 40K as well no. as like a gothic city can carry over from space to. Yes. To, yeah. It's so. Just, Similarly, I had bought the Pegasus Hobbies uh, series of gothic buildings. Oh, that's a great set and, and very affordable. And and they're modular and you yeah, can kind of yeah. yeah and and they're very much the same in in their gothic style. So I can use them for fantasy level games or sure. space games. That's also how you paint it. Like I mean, if you paint it yeah. aluminum, then it's going to be kind of hard to paint. Right. But if you paint it stone. So, so Necromunda, like the new Necromunda? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah, it it is the new one with the new yeah. website. You, you sent me that link to the website, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. But um, the website, it looked like there were only four or five factions. Okay. If you go to Yak Tribe, yeah. they have a lot of fan-made factions that are pretty legit. They also have a fan-made rules, so you don't have to buy the book. It's pretty mm-hmm. legit, too. Okay. So, it's, like, you can play Chaos Space Marines. You can play uh, Chaos Warriors, Chaos Cultists, Gene Stealers. Gene Stealers make so much sense. Oh, yeah. Orcs. I mean, basically, it's the city. Necromunda's kind of, I mean, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, and I'm sure there's going to be an angry nerd out there who's like, Hey, no, you're wrong. Your timeline is off. But, uh, it's basically the, the city where the 40K weapons are developed for the Imperium of Mankind. And it was kind of overbuilt. Like, you know, uh, there was a city in China called Kowloon City, and it was just like developments on top of developments on top of developments. So it created this, like, kind of dystopian nightmare. And, you know, it, it, when there's in house fighting between houses and factions who sell weapons to the Imperium of Man, they couldn't bring, like, an entire legion or something to, to fight in an overbuilt city or an under under city or whatever so they fight as gangs and skirmishes because it just makes sense i mean you can't do it you can't yeah. do it strategically so it, it can make for a lot of fun games and nothing and i've been play testing it a little bit uh and uh, i hope you guys come play because when it's done it's gonna be really cool i like i'd like to I, i've got some uh recently ended up with some uh some space orcs orc oh. uh, ork orcs so mm. Yeah, the log is strong with this one. Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to painting up 
some of those and uh, yeah, some bolters and ring, awesome. We, it's not like a tournament environment. It's more like a drink a lot of beer and <laughs> be really stupid and have fun. Throw up. Throw up. That's vomit is the theme. That it's just it's the string that runs through <laughs> yeah. all wargaming. Vomiting somehow, you know. Just like from the people you're with, from the smell, from the rules, from you know, Games Workshop telling you to have sex with a pig on TV because you have to buy all three the three sets. And exactly, <laughs> right. But in that case, in yes. that scenario, you're the pig. Well, that that was the thing. They said either you could fuck a pig, or you could <laughs> buy three, three different skirmish games, or you could buy ten different skirmish games and be the pig, Nicholas. Can you? When, at that point, were you like, can I? I feel like you you've just lost all around. <laughs> he left. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you got me with that. Yep. One. Can I can I see the pig first before <laughs> I decide? No, no, no. <laughs> Just have to guess that it's going to be an unclean animal. So uh, yeah, and and this is probably why like Games Workshop will never send me stuff or us stuff <laughs> because I do have a few gripes, but I think that's okay. Like we're allowed to be critical. We're legitimate. Yeah, Le- they're legitimate. We're not hating. We're not. Oh, we, no. We're not the kind of people that went out and burned our dark elf army when the <laughs> system changed over. Do you still have your dark elf army? Oh yes, it's a beautiful army. Oh, it thank is. you. I you keep should post it. it because it's so beautiful. And I love your oh. your orcs too. You should post it for your viewers because they don't know how beautiful. I like some of these new games coming out, like Warcry are and Necromunda. Might I feel sometimes might be a little limiting. Like I don't want to just play those mm. games because. They're limited. It's a limited model range within the faction that you choose. Yeah. So if I if, if I do play uh, um, Warcry, for example, that just came out, and I'm looking at the they, I have the new uh, steampunk dwarves. I don't know if you've Ooh. seen those from the from the website for Age of Sigmar or not, Dan. Oh. But I've got the. But they're not in the Warcry faction. Not, not so. At all. Uh, my death guys so i'll be using my death army and uh but it's just the necromancer and skeletons and to me like that's not all of the death models and so uh we're playing skirmish the one thing i like about skirmish is that if you've got the points to put it on the table you can put it on the table yeah but you're just limiting the amount of models you can put on the table. So if yeah. you got a hundred, so if you got two hundred points to spend, you can spend a hundred on a bunch of small guys and a hundred points on one really big guy. Yeah, uh, I, I've I've been back and forth on whether or not I want to get into Warcry. Yeah, because I, I on the one hand I want to participate in the big thing, particularly if we're in this role where we want to talk about you know what else is out there and talk about the things that excite people. But at the same time. Skirmish is great. There's all these games out there like Mordheim that are already like doing the trick. Yeah, these all these little games. I I like the thought of, and this is when Age of Sigmar came out too. That that the Ninth Age community popped up for Warhammer Fantasy, and the Ninth Age was this community of people that were just going to keep uh, just making crowdsourced FAQs. Yeah, and just keep Eighth Edition going. Uh, with crowdsourced FAQs and trying to write in rules for new factions like Stormcast and that kind of thing. Uh, I, I I like that, and I think that I would like to participate in a Warhammer skirmish community and keep that going. Uh, yeah. I, and rather than jump, dive yeah. in on Warcry. Yeah. I'm, I'm keeping all my 
my books from all these old games. Yeah. One of the reasons I'm into Necromunda is because there's such a huge fan base, and there has been since it came out so many years ago, and it's still an incredibly loyal fan base. And it's very similar in the sense, like, you know, you have 150 points for the gang, and you just divide it up by what they are equipped with. Yeah. You know? yeah. So you have, like, he, he, let's say you buy one guy a grappling hook gun, and another guy a grab gun, or, you know, it's, it's just, and they have unique weapons depending on what the faction is. Yeah. But it's, like you say, there's such a great fan community because if, let's say, you want to play, like we talked about Gene Steelers or Orcs or one of these, they have rules for it. And, you know, whatever we all decide to play, as long as it's like, you know, in our house and we're just drinking beer or whatever. You know, you can yeah. kind of go with your own rule set to make it just more pleasant for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't. it doesn't have to be, oh, well, I have a kill team, but it also has to be Saddle War Armageddon, but it also has to be, uh, and which Necromunda are you going to use, the Classic Rule Edition or the Modern Rule Edition? I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's all fun. It's all supposed to be fun, so don't worry. Whatever yeah. you want to play, go play. Okay, one question that I didn't get to that I wanted to get to. How has your career affected your hobbies, and oh. how has your how have your hobbies uh, added to or affected your career? That is a really good question that no one has ever asked me before. Awesome. But in many ways, to answer your question, my job has kind of ruined D and D for me for a long time. I had to take a break because I, I would used to run them run my students through a campaign. Yeah. And like I just lost all taste for DMing because like it it's kind of like you know you, you, you it's like if you're a pizza man you come home and your wife's like make me some pizza and it's like oh I can't even look at it anymore you know yeah. I want to make Chinese food I don't know <laughs> yeah but so in some ways it's ruined but in other ways it's only enhanced you know like because I can't not play a game without kind of some part of my brain studying it and studying what we're doing and studying the mechanics of it and how it works and you know that that's always fun um in some ways it really enhances things but in other ways like i i think tabletop gaming will never go away because i always if i get away from it too long i long for the tactile sensation yeah of touching things and building things and painting things and putting things together. That's why I love 3D printing because you can literally create anything from your brain because if you have like a decent 3D modeling software, which some are free, Mm -hmm. but even if you buy an expensive one, you can literally create almost any piece if you really have the time and energy for it. And you have a printer that could go that detail, but I don't really have a resin printer because I'm not, I don't think they're there yet for what we as fans want. Yeah, for not for for miniatures. Not for miniatures. No, not in my opinion, but eventually it'll come. But it's funny because, like, I still love to play, you know, and I still uh, love to play with you guys because you guys are awesome. Uh, Thank you. And I still love to study it. Uh, I'm much more of a player in, in like, role-playing than I am a DM because I feel like I'm a DM in my job too much. So I, I used to always DM, but now I only play. And I love looking at new games and new gaming systems more because of my job, just to study them. Like, I buy Kickstarters just to read the rules and study them really carefully. And sometimes it's it's bad because I have a wife. And she's like, how much did you spend? What did you buy? What is, Are you satisfied yet? And I'm like, I have to lie and say yes. You're like, oh, yes, honey, I, there's nothing else I want I'll to buy. never do this again. I will never do this again. <laughs> at the cartoon oh never do this again yeah. you know and it's just like but at the same time like 
I I have a an overriding love for it, and it'll never go away. The passion of it will never go away. And my hope is is that I can make education better in the world by incorporating gaming in it. Because let's face it, a lot of education is really boring. Yeah. Like it's yeah. really painful. Like I used to have I have teachers come up to me and I go to the workshops and they're like, "Why should we entertain students?" And I'm like, "Well, let me ask you something." Would you want me to bore you for eight hours? Or you want to be entertained? And she's like, I want to be entertained. And I'm like, well, what do you expect from your students? They're younger and less patient than you are. Yeah. And they want the same things you do. You know? yeah. I mean, would you want your daughter to be bored eight hours a day in school or no. like entertained? No, yeah. of course. So I think it's a human condition. So I, I hope that answers your question. But I, yeah. I would say less DMing in my personal life, more playing in my personal life, and more study, and vice versa, more studying of systems and rules than I ever did before because I'm trying to find that secret happy medium between learning, delivering education as a fun way and uh, still having games be a significant component in changing the world for a bit, to be a better place. Absolutely. That's great. Thanks. That was a good question. I never, I was never asked that before. Daniel, if people want to complain to you, how can they get a hold of you on social media? Okay. If you like what I have to say, my name is Daniel Siegel on Facebook. Uh, I'm a Fun Ramacon on Instagram. I work at Full Sail. Uh, and if you don't like what I have to say, my name is Adam Billings. <laughs> my name is Mark <laughs> Krakowski. Did I say it right? Kozlowski. Kozlowski. <laughs> My name is Nicholas, if you don't like me. Yeah. But if you do like me, Dan Siegel. Dr. Dan Siegel. Uh, and yeah, so no other Twitter or Instagram? Oh, I'm Dr. DMS on Twitter, on Instagram, on Fun Ramacon. Fun Ramacon. That's the one, the main one that I see. You yeah, on F-U-N-I. Right. Or the Instagram one. C-R-O-M. I, you know who came up with that? Who? Lisa. Lisa? I was like, I need a funny name. I'm like sick Necronomicon, of my fun. She goes, how about Fun Ramacon? Nice. <laughs> and I was like, okay. All right. So yeah, but well, I'm sure you'll post things that I sent you. Yes, yeah, you know, absolutely, and, I will. Uh, Hashtag pigfucker. Yeah, please, please don't, please don't put. Listen, I was trying. Excuse me, I was trying to save the princess. Do you want the princess to die? Was I don't this, mind fucking a pig to save a human being. This this was a Mario thing? Super no, no, Mario no, Brothers? No, no, no. No, the worst part was after I fucked the pig, it said, sorry, she's in another castle. Yeah. <laughs> fucking bullshit. Like, I really wonder if that princess had a thing for King Kumbo or something like that. Yeah. It's like, kind of like chase a girl. It's like, hey, is, uh, is what's your name home? She's like, oh, sorry, she's not home. And, she, and you knew she was home. But she just shit she wasn't home. Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe Mario was the bad guy in this scenario. It does seem saying? like that. He does like, kill he's a lot of creepy. people. He's got the yeah. creepy mustache. He's a plumber, you know? Well, <laughs> he's a mean? plumber, you know, for comic pods. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, plumbers, you know? That's all <laughs> you hear me, plumbers. Plumbers and pig fuckers. Plumbers and pig fuckers, but, you know, they both screw you one way or another. <laughs> I'm feeling a little stopped up. Can you, can you come in? Got any tools for this, big fucker? No, I got this 300-pound prize pig. Oh, shit. 300 pounds. There we go. Listen, in my single days, I've done more. <laughs> <laughs> See, back then when you were a nerd, you just took what you could get, you know? But now I'm a happily married man, you know? So, <laughs> so what do... Uh, <laughs> what do the orcs and pig fuckers say when they're ready to go to war? What an ending. Wow, this went all over the place. (laughs) 
This has been an episode of Warlando. I am Adam. You can reach me as Warlando77 on Twitter or just Warlando on Instagram. You can reach Mark on Twitter and Instagram with the handle of Warlando Mark. You can reach Nicholas on Twitter and Instagram with the handle of Warlando Nick. Please leave comments. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And thank you very much for listening.